You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everybody welcome to locked on college football the weekly podcast that highlights the biggest stories in the college football world each monday you'll have me host candace cooper locked on tar heels is what i mainly do most times leading this talented team on our monday show though and i get to have great guests every single week do yourself a favor make sure you download subscribe to locked on college football anywhere you listen to podcasts now today's episode is brought to you by built bar go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20 percent off your next order so here's what i have on tap for you today it is the end of college football however we've got to hear from everybody you know we don't want to just hear from the champions that i've been having these past couple weeks i want to hear from the entire group right let's spread the love so we're going to get 2020 season recaps we're going to talk about the offense defense what's next for each team any up and coming recruits we got to keep our eye out for anybody going to the nfl taking their talents to the next level all of that will be in these next couple monday shows so look forward to that up first, though, I have my friend who is not a stranger to the Monday show. He is going to talk to me about those Aggies down at College Station, Texas. Locked on Aggies host Cole Thompson is here to join me on the show. Cole, how you doing? I am doing good, Candice. You know, it was a great win over a team that I know <laughs> that you kind of cover, and it's always <laughs> awkward to have this kind of Hey, buddy conversation. But you know, at the same time, I think both North Carolina and Texas A&M showed why they are two teams on the rise. And it's really going to be interesting to see how A&M continues to move forward after this season and how the Tar Heels move forward after the season, especially now that the ACC feels a little bit more open that Trevor Lawrence is gone. You never know what could happen. Hallelujah. And, you know, I say that Carolina was in that game until the last five minutes. We're talking about the Orange Bowl that occurred, part of the New Year's Six Bowls. And, yes, Carolina, I didn't expect them to play as well as they were doing, but I was hype about it. We had uh, some critical opt-outs on our offensive side. Everyone wrote us off, said that we didn't have a chance. The fact that they were holding their own, but when it came all down to it, Kellen Mond and Jimbo Fisher led that team to a victory. So, I'll, you know, hats off to you guys. I'm certainly glad about it. But let's get right into some talk when it comes to first everyone at in the beginning the warm seat for Jimbo was there but after you stop take a breath and realize that you're paying him 70 plus million dollars you got to give him a chance to be great and that's certainly what he did in this season what was your overall thoughts from a coaching perspective about the Aggies you know the biggest thing that I take away from this season is so many people were already on the fence of what Jimbo Fisher was. And you kind of mentioned it, how it it is a 10 year deal. And when you go back and you look at his history at Tallahassee, you know, he was the offense coordinator under Robbie Bowden and then he got promoted, but it took him four years to win a national title and bring, you know, the Seminoles back to somewhat of relevancy. This is year three. And I think the biggest thing that people were trying to look at was compare and contrast when you break down the storylines of him and Dan Mullen. Mullen getting paid a lot less money to go to a program just in that same tier, Florida, in two years going to uh, two New Year's Six Bowl games, getting the victories there, and, and more importantly than any of that, competing 
in the SEC East. And that's where I think a lot of people need to pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. In the SEC West, it still is one of the most dangerous places to play. And you're starting to see it get even worse over time as Lane Kiffin has brought a new style and culture to Oxford, Mississippi. I think that you're going to start seeing Mike Leach actually bring that air raid system to work in Starkville. And I actually believe Sam Pittman with Barry Odom as the defense coordinator makes this defensive side one of the more dangerous teams in the Razorbacks. So to close out the year against the number one team, and you played them in week two, by the way, mm-hmm. you, you started basically off your season against the Crimson Tide, whose point differential was three possessions, not three, you know, point three total possessions was a winning percentage for this team. You lose by 28, you go out and you win your final eight games, including a bowl victory, your first New Year's six bowl game in the Jimbo Fisher era. I think you have to take everything with a grain of salt. In 2019, they were the first team since 1965, I think it was, or, or 69, to face all three AP top three schools in a single season. And then they became the first team in FBS history to face the number one team on three different occasions with Alabama, Clemson, and LSU kind of breaking out of nowhere. So a 7-5 and five year last year maybe is a little bit inexcusable when you look at Auburn. But all their other losses came to either a one, a two, a three, or another one seed on the way to their final season. So to me, it's a building year. This is now, I I think, in full capacity. This is now Jimbo's team. He's had four years to develop it to what he wants. This will be his fourth recruiting class. All that adds up to this being what we saw in Tallahassee that made him one of the biggest names in college football. Now, I'll ask you, too, as well, when you watched the college football playoffs and there was a lot of talk about Texas A&M and you mentioned the stats and how well they did this year, did you feel a way, feeling like the Aggies should have been in that conversation after seeing the games played out? Like, before, when you look at resumes, fine, maybe not. But when you saw the Notre Dame-Alabama game, when you saw, you know, the final two, the championship game, did you ever say, you know what, the Aggies might have given Alabama a run? You know, you look back at that and it's a yes and a no. I, I mean, the the best way to put it is you do not have for Alabama their number one target in Jalen Waddle, but instead all that came out of it was one of the single greatest wide receiver histories we have ever been graced with in the college ball run with Devonta Smith. Do you have a guy who can literally cover Devonta Smith at any given moment? Do you have a team that can prepare and move in the exact same function as the likes of what Alabama can do on offense. And in a way, yes, I think that you would have seen it be a bit more competitive because all over time, AM got better. But to say that Alabama was going to, you know, get upset by AM, even as someone who covers AM, that's that's still a large stretch to say. But the argument here would be why was AM not in the college football playoff conversation? And according to what the committee told multiple people, including myself, was AM's loss to Alabama. And it was 28 <laughs> points, 52 to 24. The reason that Ohio State got into the college football playoff was because of they were a better team. They made better matchups. They had better scores. And what was the final score of the national championship? 52 yeah. to 24. 
<laughs> the exact same score right. that Texas A&M lost to Alabama. When you put that into context, now A&M has a reason. And I think that's why when you saw at the end of the year, they were ranked the number four team in the country. First time they've been ranked inside the top four since 1939. So that's another big time get with Jimbo Fisher. A hundred percent. And I agree. I think at the end of the day, personally, nobody was beating Bama. It was like polite to let people even come into the conversation because they were just rolling. And it just, again, you talked about Devontae Smith and the rest of their squad, just seriously annihilating everyone that, that was put in front of them. But when you talk about offenses, you know, Aggies weren't slacking, right? They had Kellen Mond, they had Isaiah Spiller, great years. Kellen going to just deciding to declare for the NFL draft. Talk about his career. Talk about his, you know, relationship with Jimbo and just how do you feel he's progressed and do you see him taking his talents to the next level and being successful? So you got to realize with Jimbo Fisher, the biggest thing is Jimbo owed him nothing. I mean, when you really break it down, Jimbo owed him absolutely nothing because if he was a Kevin Sumlin guy, recruited by Kevin Sumlin, recruited by Kevin Sumlin's staff and started with Kevin Sumlin in that year that, you know, it was his final year against UCLA with that big upset. It was him and Nick Starkle kind of battling it out. So there was no reason whatsoever for Jimbo Fisher to sit here and go, I want you to be my quarterback. He could have gone with a whole different direction. So for the fact for him to be able to stay at his college, play all four years, really never have to garner wondering if he was going to lose his starting job trust that his coach was going to put him in the right places to be successful and eventually starting to see his coach build around him in proper settings with when it was a good time to throw to wide receivers like Jay Sternberger and Kendrick Rogers and Courtney Davis. The passing attack was great. When it was time to, you know, kind of ease back on the passing, you start seeing the emergence of Anaya Smith and Isaiah Spiller and Devon A. Chain. And those guys started to play a more monumental role. So it took pressure off of Mont. The offensive line got better this past year. Four total sacks allowed after a year of giving up 33. He got better under center with his, with his mechanics. And the one thing you got to give to Jimbo Fisher, he's worked with a lot of quarterbacks. He mm -hmm. understands the position and he has to have that trust factor. So I think for that alone, that speaks volume of the relationship that Mond and Fisher have together. And that photo of them, that of them embracing after yeah. that bowl victory is, is solidifying exactly what I think AM fans wanted to see for all this time was we can win when we have our shot. And they really showed it. Now, NFL, uh, most people know I also cover the NFL and I cover the NFL draft for a living on top of you know what I do for locked on. Mm -hmm. I've spoken to scouts. The senior bowl this upcoming week that he'll be going to will be so monumental for him. The yeah. fact that there's now rumors of the combine possibly being shut down, being more of a zoom interview. The fact that his tape alone is so influctuated with really strong performances to, Oh my God, how the heck are you playing quarterback in the sec? He needs to have a really good week down in Mobile, Alabama. And he's working with two really good coaching staffs. I really like what you've seen from Miami and what they're able to do. What Brian Flores brings is really great. What Matt Rule has done at the collegiate level, he knows exactly what will transpire with these teams and what they look for 
in quarterbacks, especially early on in their careers, I think that that's really going to be a huge selling point for Mon moving forward. That does not mean he won't get drafted. He won't be successful as, you know, a backup, but everyone wants to get that chance to start. He's going to have to show why he deserves to start uh, with a very good showing starting in Mobile. Absolutely. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit towards the end about the combine and just how guys like Kellen are going to have difficulties. But before I do that, I have to make sure that you guys are getting prepared for the draft. Are you getting prepared for future bets? Are you trying to figure out who is going to win the Super Bowl? All that good stuff. And the only place I say that you can do that best is with betonline.ag. It's the one place that I truly trust. So you guys got to make sure that you sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on. It's L O C K E D O N for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, and you've got to get in on the action. We've got some great games happening right now, especially at the NFL level. It is getting down to the wire as we're recording this, watching the uh, Cleveland Browns take on the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're sitting here trying to multitask, but that's what we do here at the Locked On Podcast Network, and we hold it down. So don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, 2020 is thankfully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Again, I have Locked On Aggies host Cole Thompson talking to me about Texas A&M. More importantly, he's giving me a grand scheme because he is a man of many hats. He is a renaissance guy. Any kind of football and sports coverage, really, he is your go-to guy. But I want to talk about the Aggies defense, right? They had some dogs, <laughs> to put it lightly, on their team. Buddy Johnson, Mr. O'Neal, they were not taking any, holding anything back this season. Talk about the Aggies and the progress you've seen from a defensive standpoint. So the biggest thing you got to realize is how influential Mike Elko has been to this team. They were ranked at the start of the Fisher era, 65th in total offense. This past season, they made the jump all the way up to 11th. And that's a really good showing, especially when you think about what was really not lost these past few years. They haven't really had to replace a lot of talent. The big name last year was Justin Matabike, and he was already playing kind of a rotational role with Jaden Peavy, with Bobby Brown, with uh, DeMarvin Leal really stepping up. And now you look at how this team kind of was built. Even with Michael Clemens, who was their leader in sacks when he got hurt against um, – it wasn't Mississippi. I think it was Arkansas weekend. They had, they had Leal step up really big. Bobby Brown step up really big in the interior. They had Jaden Peavy. They had a lot of young talent like McKinley Jackson step up in the trenches. And then that's secondary. Secondary to me is one of those positions where you have to kind of compare them all together because of one person could be out of alignment and it leads to six points in favor of the offense. So you look at how this secondary played well together. You had your nickel formations with Devin Morris and Antonio Johnson kind of playing that hover role. And then you had your outside cornerbacks where Jalen Jones had to step up transitioning from a safety in high school to your six foot two corner, which works for a Fisher system on the outside. And then you just break down what you saw from Leon O'Neal Jr. And you look at what Damani Richardson and what he could do and Keldrick Harper as kind of that roaming safety. It allowed teams to be limited in the passing attacks. So they had to trust more so of their run game. And that run defense 
was so strong with guys, as you mentioned, Buddy Johnson, Aaron Hansford, who really stepped up, that defensive line. They were one of the best run teams in the nation. They finished, I think, number eight overall in rush defense. And you watched it very live and clear, even though Javante Williams and Michael Carter weren't playing. There was no running lanes for anyone on the Tar Heel side. And that was consistent in the SEC outside of Alabama. So I look at all that, and there's, the, the, there's an old saying from the uh, old days of the Southwestern Conference where it was the Maroon Goons. That's what they were known as. And Mike Elko said, we haven't earned that title yet. But I can say with how many players are actually coming back because that fifth-year option that was given by the NCAA waivers – there is a very good shot. They mirrored the Maroon Goons in 2021. 100%. Now, is uh, Leon O'Neal coming back, or did he declare? Leon O'Neal will be back, and so will Jaden Peavy. Aaron Hansford as well will be back. Uh, Bobby, uh, Bobby Brown will be declaring for the NFL draft, so he's leaving actually a little early. And then Buddy Johnson as well will be declaring for the NFL draft. He did not take the waiver, but cornerback Miles Jones did. So you're really keeping two seniors that could have gone to the NFL. You're keeping a junior that probably had a shot at getting drafted middle tier to get a little bit better. And you already have a replacement for Buddy Johnson and a guy like Andre White Jr. who stepped up big in that bowl game. Right. Now, when I think about position groups and you talked a little bit about your secondary, a lot of talk goes around like, you know, LSU and their DBs and Ohio State and their corners. What would you describe, you know, Texas A&M's defensive group? Who is the most powerful? Who is the strongest? Would it be the ends? Would it be the line? Like, who would you say gives you the most you know, confidence going into next season? So going into next season, I'd have to go with just the defensive front in general with how much they have. Uh, but if we're talking to straight position, I like defensive end. Michael Clemens has a shot of possibly coming back. He has not declared or said he will be leaving the program. You still have uh, Tyree Johnson as well. And then you have DeMarvin Leal. And that's not including guys like Fadil Diggs, who didn't play this year, and Danelle Harris, who didn't play this year, both of whom were the number one defensive end in their respective state when they declared for the Aggies back in 2019 as part of the 2020 class. But you go focus on DeMarvin Leal. This is a 275-pound, four defensive end who can play any single position and really has exploded as what we are seeing as that hybrid defender. We talk about this kind of a lot here on you know NFL draft worlds mm-hmm. where – you literally see guys like Isaiah Simmons be positionless. And you see guys like, uh, in this year's upcoming draft class, Jeremiah Owusu-Karura out of Notre Dame, really kind of be that rover-type player. You can start seeing that on defensive lines as well with a guy like DeMarvin Leal. If you play him in a 3-4, you can play him as a 5-tech. If you play him in a 4-3, you can play him as a 3-tech. And he's going to have the same speed that you would see coming from either end or if he was playing at a stand-up position. This is why it's so important to win in the trenches, because of when you close those gaps, it forces your quarterback to move a lot faster, make his brain work a lot quicker, and make his decision-making probably slow down a little too much to where that will either lead to a sack in favor of the defense or a turnover opposing the offense. So having a guy like DeMarvin Leal, who's just so influential, on all other alignments on this defensive line is probably the most important part 
about this A&M defense. No doubt. I'm going to bring it full circle and talk about the last time I saw the Aggies again was the Orange Bowl. And a big part of that game we talked about was Carolina's opt-outs. Aggies didn't have any, I believe. And we want to say putting on performance, right? We want to talk about getting to the next level. You work a lot with the draft. Did anybody make themselves money by competing in the Orange Bowl? Or do you feel like it's one of those things at this point where if it's not a college football playoff game, it really doesn't help or hurt a player? Buddy Johnson. Uh, I talked to a lot of different scouts afterwards, and a lot of people said that Buddy Johnson playing in that game, even though it wasn't against, you know, a full-fledged defense, really helped himself out, especially in the run support He's really starting to show what you kind of want as a depth piece on a four through on a three, four system. Uh, the one thing that they really like about him more than anything else is his leadership skills and how he deciphers plays. Sam Howell, and, and I've mentioned this multiple times to you, mm-hmm. Candace, on air and off air, I believe is the number one pick going into the next season if he continues to develop the way he is. That's just how talented he is. That's how quick his mind works. That's how great his arm is. Every bit of a mechanic is what you're looking for in a young franchise quarterback you can develop. I like every little thing about how, and for Johnson to be able to kind of play that rover position with him, mm-hmm. that's something that I look at. And that's something that I think a lot of scouts are going to see for him. And he may have to start his way on the team as a special teams player, mm-hmm. but to be able to kind of maneuver exactly around what a franchise quarterback is, like how it will be, is exactly why I think you saw him boost his draft stock. Absolutely. And I want to go back again to the Kellen comment. We talked about the draft looking or the combine looking different this year. How important is it to like, I guess, nail your Zoom interviews? How do you have to do workouts? Do you send people workouts? What do you think that landscape will look like, especially considering the guys who didn't get the opportunity to be in any kind of major bowl game or guys who even opted out? You know, the biggest thing with that is, it's a lot tougher because of it's the same reason as we go back to when you're opting out. I mean, it really kind of goes back to that same conversation because what you have on film is likely what you have on film. That's what you're going with. That's, that's what you have. That's what you're, you know, that's what you have to see. And sometimes that's really good. But then at the same time, there's players who break out every single year. And when they break out, they move up on draft boards. And if you don't have that year, you need to have that combine to really show what you're missing, what you have been doing. Now, right now, the report is that it will be a combine setting. However, it will be at a limited capacity, which might, which uh, depending on what they say, it probably means more days with less people, less talent. And of course, you know, being spread out throughout Lucas Oil Stadium will be a must that also probably limits media coverage for people trying to interview these uh, interview these players, very similar to what's kind of going on in Mobile with the Senior Bowl. But when you break down just film alone, if you aren't invited to the Combine and you don't have your senior, and you're not at the Senior Bowl, everything else that you look at, it, it just, there's so many ifs and potentials and what could be from missing this season you really have to hope that your final season was something that was great. Now, again, guys like Jamar Chase, maybe it moves them down to, I don't know, top 10 pick, maybe top you know 12 pick. But then you have guys like um, Jamon Osmond for A&M. He opted out. He's never had a thousand yard season. He's kind of been limited. That's where I think it's more so a, yeah, 
where do you kind of <laughs> kind of land? Like yeah. uh, at this point, it isn't shocking if you are a you know uh, a late to undrafted free agent. Right, no doubt. Maybe at the end of the day, it really just boils down to how well you interview, how good you kind of have somebody rooting for you, like a Jimbo Fisher type, someone who has like a Kellamon and who thinks like, yes, coach will vouch for me, coach will put in a good word. I think that also kind of plays a part into guys getting opportunities and shots. Absolutely. I mean, of course, when you have a coach who's worked, you know, maybe not at the professional level, but he's worked with so many names who have kind of bounced around in and out. That's always really important to, to be able to have those connections, be able to kind of get that background and get that foreground of what does this player bring definitely helps out, but it really more so helps out with landing on a roster on a later date. I think more so than it does to getting drafted. This is, this is for guys who do not get drafted and they go ahead and they sit down and they go, okay, well, where can I go? All right. You know, we need a wide receiver. Can we call up so-and-so? Uh, yeah. Then we go that. That's where I think we break this down and we look at that. So that's more so I think we're going to see it. So for any guy who does not have draft foam on them, and this is not an A&M thing, this is this in general, <laughs> you have the hope that the combine has some type of capacity because if not, you're going to be in for a very, very long, long, <laughs> long draft weekend. And you may not even hear your name called, even if you were lucky enough to get that far. Right. And I hate that. That whole three-day process for some, I've had friends, you know, go to the next level, but it's taking them a minute to get there. That is not a fun weekend. When you know you're not like an automatic guy, boy, oh boy, we just have to sit there and just watch names go and go. And then you end up, not, even if you don't get picked, it's just, it's rough. But maybe while they're waiting, they can have a Built Bar. You know, they can keep them nice and healthy as they get through. Because I'm telling you, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It tastes like a candy bar, right? If you go to Built Bar and use promo code Locked On, you'll get 20% off your first order. As many people know, I have been on this fitness journey since retirement from swimming. I have been looking for great treats to stay fit, to keep me nice and toned. That's why I've leaned on Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever with 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate. Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com again. Use promo code locked on, 20% off that next order. Make sure you guys tune in to all of our local hosts on their respective podcasts. Wherever you listen to them, you can download, leave a review, leave five stars, all that good stuff. The Locked On Podcast Network has everything you're looking for. Great hosts, good content, and awesome guests. All right, so we're wrapping things up here with Locked On Aggies host Cole Thompson. We've talked about the Aggies offense, their defense, Jimbo Fisher, how he felt like the season was overall. Let's talk about future just a little bit. Future-wise, Cole, how are we feeling about the Aggies as they finish out number four for the year? Are you feeling good about their college football playoff chances next season? You know, I think it's going to be really interesting. I, I want to see how every other team in the SEC gets better. Now, they, they kind of have an easy start to really begin the year. They go with Kent State, Colorado, New Mexico. Uh, they Of course, they have the Southwest Classic game every single year in Arlington. This is the first year since uh, 2014. It has not been played in Arlington, so that's huge. And they got Prairie View A&M. And then they start this stretch of SEC games, which will be Really, really fun to see. They go with LSU. Uh, you know, after this, you don't know what exactly dates are, but you have LSU, Missouri, an, uh, an improving Ole Miss team, an Alabama team that's really good, a new Auburn team with Brian Harson leading the charge, another year under Mike Leach with, Jim, uh, with um, Mississippi State, South Carolina gets their new head coach. So there's a lot of different storylines, I think, to follow here. The biggest question will be 
Number one, who is the quarterback? And I, and I brought this up on the show multiple times, and, I, and I'll continue to go with this. Depending on how the offensive line is built next season will be really key on who you play. If you think you have a stout offensive line, I would go with Haynes King. He's more of your prototypical pocket passer, bigger arm, better vision, great footwork behind the line of scrimmage. But if you have to really trust that your you know, quarterback is going to be mobile and make more plays in the open field, you got to go with the freshman Eli Stowers. This is a kid coming out of Denton Geyer High School who's really much exactly what you wanted from Kyler Murray when he was at AM. You have a second shot to bring him in. It's a very similar Kyle Allen, Kyler Murray, you know, kind of casualty when you break these two down. One's a pocket passer, one is that mobility guy. Both can be successful, but it really kind of matters what the offensive line is. The team did get one of the best interior offensive linemen in Bryce Foster this upcoming offseason. He is nothing short of been impressive as an open uh, field mauler for the run game. And they added Ruben Fathery. Uh, he's a smaller school prospect, but he's been playing right tackle since he was uh, in sixth grade. And he's been six foot four since he was 13. So he's had to develop his body into what it is. He's six foot seven. I think if you find the right pieces on the offensive line, this will be a team that can be very competitive on both sides of the ball. But the defense, that's going to get Mike Elko a head coaching job. I promise you, I don't know where he will land, but Mike Elko is going to be up for a head coaching job next season because of this defense is so much ready to win. And they're ready to win right now. Okay, cool. So they finish where in the SEC? I'm going to go with they're going to finish number two in the okay. SEC. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already know about how many names are leaving the program, but the one thing you got to realize is Nick Saban does not you know, rebuild. He regroups, and that's just what he's done in the SEC for years and years and years to come. But flip side – we saw last season how crazy it was yeah. for LSU. And it wasn't just they lost all these players. They lost a lot of coordinators. They lost a lot of personnel. They lost a lot of different names to go to the NFL or go to different colleges or get a head coaching job somewhere else. Saban lost a lot of players as well, and he lost a lot of coaches. Steve Sarkeesian's gone. His best recruiter just got hired by Marshall. He's losing guys, you know, to Texas with Sarkeesian. So if that's the case, I believe A&M will get the win over Alabama next season. But the team I worry about is the team that is so pure, and they really are not losing anything this upcoming offseason, and that's Georgia. Georgia, I do think, because they play in the SEC East, will be the number one team in the SEC next season. I think Texas A&M will be number two. I think we'll have a conversation going to Atlanta for the very first time in 2021. How they regroup in Atlanta will be very key if they finish in the college football playoff, but they will be a top 10 team next year throughout the entire season. Okay, and I'm going to ask you one more question because I feel as if nobody kind of talks about this when it comes to recruiting in Texas, but with the new hire of Tarkeesian, and you talk about Texas A&M, will that affect recruiting? Will you, do you think guys are going to gear more towards being a Longhorn now that he is a part of their system? What's going to be interesting is how he develops that system in his own style because the crazy thing is I look at – where he comes from and his background, all California, you know, West Coast style, very, very much a born and bred Californian and then going out to Oregon and going out to Washington and finding success out there before he comes to Alabama. 
I think with the way how Austin has developed, and this is more so just a geographical standpoint, how it's turning into the next Silicon Valley just in Texas, you're going to start seeing more recruits, I think, leave from California, from USC, from Oregon, from, uh, from UCLA, from Cal to come to Texas. And that's where I think Texas is going to get their relevancy back. I still think you're going to have those normal blue bloods coming into, coming into the town, but it really is of course starting to turn more into a West coast town in a middle of nowhere state. If you really kind of break it down. And I think that with his ties out West, that's really where he's going to be successful. I expect Texas to be a top 10 recruiting class for many years to come, mm. but I also expect A&M to be a top 10 recruiting class alongside them. It's just where geographically you get it. For A&M, I think it's the middle of the country in the SEC East area. I think for Texas, it's West Coast, getting that West Coast style to come into Austin. No doubt. Well, Cole, I appreciate your time and all of your insights. And I know you do many things, but if you could just give us like two of where we can find you and follow your work, that'd be great. Follow me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. You can follow us at Locked on Aggie. Subscribe wherever you your podcast listening systems, iTunes, Spotify. And if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day because every single day is a Locked on Podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. Well, thank you so much again for your time. And I look forward to having you back as always. Thank you again, my friend. All right, let's do it. Thank you again to Cole for stopping by. It's always good to hear from our Locked on Podcast Network work experts there it is make sure you guys come back next week as we'll have a new team to recap their season and where they'll be in the college football landscape you don't want to miss it make sure you stay smart stay safe out there wear your mask and as always take care of yourselves and have a happy monday you are locked on college football your daily podcast on all things college football part of the locked on podcast network your team every day 